while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. We can take your messages on the app chat as well. So, um, We were talking in the first hour about the restoring the right to vote for people who are serving a felony uh, sentences for a felony conviction um, and uh, the proposal by two lawmakers to restore those votes. Um. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. Um, but I want to talk about what's happening in Fairhaven now. Uh, Fairhaven, there is a proposal now. Um, and again, we're going to have Fairhaven selectman Leon Corey on Thursday at 7 to talk more about this. But there is a proposal by the Fairhaven, by the Fairhaven Select Board to... Um, by the Fairhaven Select Board to, and, you know, in, in, in part, the, uh, Fairhaven Firefighter Union, I think the school department is, is joining in on this as well. But there's a proposal on the table to override Proposition Two and a Half. Proposition Two and a Half, for people who may not know, was a law that was passed in 1980 via ballot referendum. Um, and it basically says your municipal taxes, the total levy limit. So the total limit of municipal taxes cannot be go, cannot be raised beyond two and a half percent. So that I think includes property taxes and excise tax as well. They cannot be raised beyond two and a half percent. The only way you can enact, the only way you could it's been law for 40 years. The only way you can override it, Prop 2.5, is putting it through town meeting, uh, putting it through town meeting, and then putting it on the ballot for people to vote. So people have to vote to override Prop 2.5. There's two ways. There's two ways in which Prop 2.5 is over, uh, overridden. One is the... Um, one is the like dead override, which is just basically that's it. It's overridden. Prop two and a half no longer exists in this town or in this city. There's also a prop two and a half override that is for the duration of a project. So um, a good example is uh, paying for a new school building or a new government building. Uh, the town may ask people to override prop two and a half to pay for a new municipal building and then that two and a half override would end after the project is complete in Fairhaven there is an issue of staffing with the fire department we 
talked about this. We had Fire Union President Kevin Gonzalez on. He was on um, a few weeks back with Chris and me talking about um, how poorly staffed they are and how it's become not just a danger for them when they're responding to calls, but a danger to uh, a danger to the pe- the people that they are you know attempting to rescue as well. Because what's happening right now is that they are so thinly staffed that they have in one particular call they mentioned uh one firefighter per apparatus right so they had three apparatuses three trucks fire trucks they had one firefighter per truck typically the recommendation or the optimal level is four per truck but a lot of departments do three per truck the reason they do they want three to four per truck is because each person on the truck is supposed to carry out a specific task that it takes one person to do that takes you know again that person does this thing they each have one task and it's supposed to that's how it's supposed to work but they had one person per apparatus riding on the fire truck riding on the fire truck for the init what's called the initial attack which is when they arrive on scene now obviously uh call firefighters you know people who are on call play a huge important role in the process uh, in firefighting but the problem is is that they need the staffing for the initial attack because as kevin had explained a few weeks ago you need uh, a fire doubles in size every 30 seconds so if you don't have an extinguishing agent you know being applied to that fire right away if you don't have a good initial attack executed then the fire um, can really get ahead of you so they talked about specifically a scene um, on Main Street probably about a month ago now where there were, again, three people each driving an apparatus, right? Um, a lieutenant had to make a breach um, by himself on his own uh, in a situation where they thought there may have ne- needed to be a rescue. They needed, um, I think, uh, New Bedford help them with the... Uh, they needed mutual aid. New Bedford helped them with the, um, uh, with, 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 uh, putting out the fire. They had Mattapoiset cover, uh, cover, um, the station with a truck. And they had, uh, they had an, uh, a Kushnet sent an ambulance because glass had fallen on a police officer and they'd sustained an injury. So quite the scene. Uh, and there was another similar, um, there's another something similar with I think even fewer fighters, firefighters that happened a couple weeks later. So the fact of the matter is they need to grow their staff. Now, right now they have six firefighters per shift. Um, one of the things they want to do, by the way, it's worth mentioning, is take a firefighter off dispatch. Right now they have like mandatory dispatch. Uh, the firefighters have to be on dispatch and they want to move to civilian dispatch or regionalize. Um, just their dispatch because right now there's telling you know they were telling stories about how the chief has to handle dispatch, which is unprecedented. So, so, the, and they said the town is willing to do that, take a firefighter off a of dispatch, which will free some space up. But they still want seven firefighters per shift, seven per shift. I mean, they, no, they have they're they're supposed to get seven per shift. They're supposed to get seven per shift. They want nine. Per shift. Right now they have six per shift. Right? So they, they have six per shift. They hired four new recruits. The town hired four new recruits. It's supposed to be, you know, going they're going through the academy now, will hopefully be ready by July to be um, members of the Fair and Fire Department, which will bring their staffing levels again. 
from six per shift to seven per shift. Now, what they're asking for is nine per shift. Now, nine isn't optimal. It's manageable. Optimal is 14 based on um, uh, based on uh, uh, NFPA, uh, National Fires, National Fire Protection Association, something like that. The national organization that you know deals with this stuff, right? They say it's based on population size, population growth, call volume, and all that. 14 is actually optimal, but nine is manageable. Nine is manageable, and that's what they're asking for. In order to meet, um, they feel like that's like a good number where they can have a good initial attack. You know, there'll be some call firefighters coming in and all that. So, David, the way they they thought of a few ways, you know, safer grants and all this, but the way they're really thinking, uh, the way they were really pushing to propose this is an override of Prop 2.5 to get from where they're at now, that that includes the four recruits, right, at seven to nine, right? So I don't know how many additional people they'd have to hire, but they did a feasibility study. And basically what they said is if the town were to agree to a prop two and a half override, the cost per week per household for the staffing, the fire department to get manageable staffing levels, so nine per shift, would be fewer than $2.00 per week per household so fewer than two dollars per week per household is the cost of adding additional firefighters i live in fairhaven (laughs) i live in fairhaven i'm a taxpayer i would like that um i'm in support of that by the way uh but flying the ointment it seems um because flying the ointment it seems because apparently a Apparently, there is now, I guess, a miscommunication of some sort between the select board and, I think, the Fairhaven Fire Union. Um, seems like there's a miscommunication between them or uh, there was at some point because the Fairhaven Fire Union now says that the town is threatening to cut staff said they're threatening to cut staff if they don't get the Prop 2.5 override. So what they originally thought, what their original understanding was, the fire union is what they're saying, their original understanding was they wanted the 2.5 override, right? They wanted the 2.5 override to bring their staffing levels to, uh, uh, to, to bring their staffing to a manageable level. A manageable level. But they're not... Um, but uh, what they're saying is now that the select board has told them, or the town has told them rather, that in fact the Prop 2.5 override is necessary for them to maintain the staffing that they have now, which they consider to be substandard. So what they said was basically, we're going to have to, what the, what the union said they were saying, because I, you know, I couldn't get comment from anybody on this, uh, on the town side, because they said the, you know, there's still an ongoing, um, they're still engaging in contract negotiations. So they can't talk much about it. But basically, what they're saying is, is that the select board told them that they are going to, or not the select board, the, the town had told them that 
they need the prop two and a half override just to maintain the four recruits that they'll have to, in fact, cut two of the recruits. Now, their contention was that they'd never heard that this prop two and a half over, they'd never heard that this was going to, um, they'd never heard about prop two, the prop two and a half override or the, the condition that the pro, that their their hiring was conditional upon a prop two and a half override, but now what they're saying is there's been a change, you know, a change, a, a sort of, um, you know, they think that what they've said is basically the town's playing politics with this position. They're saying you need it just to maintain these, these staffing levels, which they said, you know, these four new recruits are being used as a political chip. So. So here's – I know that uh, Selectman Corey had said at a recent um, meeting that he's not going to support anything that cuts firefighters. He will not support anything that cuts firefighters, which is good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more from him on Thursday, and, and he'll be here to take calls too if you want to give him a call and ask him about this because this is going to be, I think, a major, major – um, I think a major, major uh, discussion going forward for the next few weeks. But now there seems to be, they said, what they said was, the fair, the fair and Fire Union said, that the town is leveraging the union support of two and a half, of the two and a half override for other purposes. Now, we do know that since this is being proposed that the school department is actually looking to um to fill some of the gaps they have in their budget from the two and a half override. I spoke with uh Fairhaven School Board Chair Brian Monroe um when he was running for reelection, but I spoke with him a few weeks ago and what he said was, you know, if they you know, without two and a half without a two and a half override, they're looking at like a two hundred thousand dollar haircut, basically. They're gonna have they're gonna lose two hundred thousand dollars in their budget, which is a big deal, right? It's a big deal considering how tight budgets are, municipal budgets are, and you know how little discretionary spending there is. Taking a two hundred thousand dollar haircut on your school budget, I think you know it, you'll see it, you'll feel it, it'll hurt. So, you know, obviously now that it's being proposed, they're thinking of other ways in which the town can be the town can be um, the town can um, fill some gaps in their budget, but. I think the issue is going to be if they're going to move forward with this, they're really going to have to figure out why um, they're really going to have to figure out how to message this because we're starting to see people react to it a little bit, right? We're starting to see people react to it. Actually, in fact, uh, Steph Pickup, the other um, school committee candidate that was elected along with uh, Brian Monroe, who was reelected, has said, she, you know, had said she's fervently, you know, against the Prop Two and a Half override. She had made it very clear she's against the Two and a Half override. And now what we're seeing is signs throughout the town of uh, in Fairhaven. Uh, I can't remember the exact wording. It says, uh, "Vote no on Prop Two Point Five. Right. So I with several exclamation points afterwards, I do applaud people for 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 getting involved, getting signage and being involved in an issue. I I'm not going to say I'm unclear 
about the message on the sign because I think what it means is say no to the vote to override Prop 2 and a half, but it could easily be construed to say say no to Prop 2 and a half as a policy, like override it and get rid of it because it is nothing but a constriction on a town or a municipality, town or city municipality's ability to adequately fund their municipal government. Um, it could says say no to Prop 2.5. So that means it could mean, and I think it means, say no to the override. But it could also be construed to be say no to Prop 2.5, which, which would mean override Prop 2.5. So... Again, I, I appreciate when people getting get involved and hold signs and, and, and or, or put signs in their lawn. Um, and it's good because it not only shows that you're engaged, it shows other people that you're there, you're in, uh, that you're engaged. Uh, it shows other people, you know, alerts other people to an issue, and they think, hmm, you know, what is this about? Like I, you know, I was driving through Wareham the other day, and I saw a sign that says, uh, "Don't kill Fearing Hill," right? And uh, I, a bunch of them, right, on uh, Fearing Hill Road in Wareham. And uh, I found out it was a proposal for a solar farm, right? Um, so signs are important. They do get people to look at stuff and look up stuff. Um, they're essential part in any sort of campaign, really, um, signs, but uh, especially municipal campaigns. And so it is, you know, it is good. I'm just, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that the sign says what I think it says. I think it says say no to overriding Prop 2 and a half. But again, it could be construed the other way. Say no to Prop 2 and a half, meaning override it. Forget Prop 2 and a half. Get rid of it. By the way, again, as someone who lives in Fairhaven, uh, someone who lives in Fairhaven pays taxes, I am I am for it for two bucks, I think for two bucks a week per household, uh, it's a it's a it's an easy it's an easy price to pay um, for additional firefighter staff. But I do think that we're in a position now where the, I think the town, if they want this to pass, if they want to say, if they want to tell, if they want to tell the residents, hey, you need to give us the discretion to raise taxes beyond what this current you know state law is constricting us. Right? We need to have more discretion with your tax dollars than we currently have then there needs to be a more clear and united messaging behind it. Otherwise, people are going to say no. People are definitely going to say no. If, or majority of people are going to say no. If there, isn't, if there isn't a cohesive messaging behind this policy. Because you're asking them, you know, you're asking them if you can raise their taxes. And not only that, you're asking them, to get rid of a tax, get rid of a, 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 the, the, a restriction on your ta- on your ability to tax them in perpetuity, forever, forever in a day, right? So, so there needs to be people need to be confident that that ability, that power that they would entrust to you if they were to vote yes on the Prop Two and a Half override. They want to be able to trust the people that they're doing it for. So there needs to be, I think, a much clearer messaging going forward. And we're going to see if there is a much clearer messaging going forward. Because right now, from what I've seen 
it is a little bit jumbled between, you know, what the fire fire union saying, what the select board saying, what, you know, the town saying. So there needs to be a united front on this or it's frankly, I, 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 I am, I am, I am pessimistic about its outcome. Again, something I support. It's something I support, but I think there needs to be a more cohesive messaging behind it. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. We'll also take your message on the WBSM app chat. Uh, we got. We got an app chat message. We got a couple actually. So what I'm going to do is, uh, um, read it now. I, I'm going to take a break actually. When we get back, we can read some app chat messages. And if you want to call in and chime in on the conversation, you're able to at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Again, we got Will Senat from the New Bedford Light joining us at nine o'clock to talk about the history on the rooming house fire. So stay tuned. Um. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus five zero eight nine nine six. 0500 is how you can join me this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Um, so we've been talking about the proposal for a Prop 2.5 um, override in Fairhaven. I know it's something that was talked about in Dartmouth as well, I, I think, um, you know, for the purpose of, because uh, there is an issue. If you drive through Dartmouth, you're going to see a lot of signs. Um, you won't see any school committee signs anymore because that, that election's been settled. Kathleen Amaral, uh, came in first, a very strong first. Um, Bess Coughlin came in second. Uh, Eric Morenzi came in third. Lynn Turner came in fourth. And Troy, uh, Troy Trufano came in fifth. So that election's been settled, but there is still the issue of, um, Dartmouth educators. And I know that they're, uh, working on getting, uh, that, you know, they're trying to get a, what they think would be a, a better deal than what they're getting in terms of pay. And so one of the proposals in Dartmouth as well is an override of Prop two and a half in order to make up the, um, gaps in the budget that don't allow them to pay for uh, that don't allow them to pay for uh, the increase in, in wages for for the education staff in the uh, in the Dartmouth schools. I know there was a prop two and a half and ov- uh, override proposal in Newton too. I forget uh, it well, like went on the ballot, and I forget exactly what it was for, but it lost. It lost like fifty. I want to say it lost like fifty three forty seven, which isn't, which isn't all that close. It's kind of close. I think it was fifty three forty seven, maybe forty nine, maybe forty eight fifty two, which is not. It's not super. It's not a blowout, but it's not all that close. It's a clear victory or a clear defeat, I guess, if you're supporting the, if you're supporting the um the 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 two and a half um if you're supporting the two and a half override. So, um, you know, there'll, there'll have to be a real, I mean, there'll have to be a real campaign behind this. There'll have to be a real effort, um, to, to run an actual campaign, I think, fully with door knocking and public forums, et cetera. I don't think you can, you know, very casually, blithely, without much effort or without much explanation, ask people, uh, ask residents in town. No, no, I'm not saying that necessarily that, that that's what's being done, but, Right now, they're getting, again, I think there needs to be a clearer message, a clearer, more united front going forward and how this is, um, how this is currently being proposed. Cause right now it doesn't seem like it's, it's, um, 
it doesn't seem like it's going particularly well. Uh, just, you know, based on some of the, uh, again, just based on the eye test, right? Just based on, you know, the recent story. Again, you can find that on WBSM.com where the Fame Fire Union sort of calls out the, um, the select board or they said, ele- they didn't say select, but they said elected leaders, um, which, you know, is pretty clear who that is. It's the select board. Um, and, uh, the town, uh, calls out the town and the elected leaders. Um, there's no other town department that would be sort of dealing with that issue other than, the you know executive uh, branch of select board, so you'd have to assume that that's uh, to whom they they are um, to whom they are uh, to whom they are referring to whom they are referring. Yeah. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. Um, so this is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Ferro. Thanks for joining me this evening. Been talking about the proposal to override Prop two and a half. We're seeing some signs now. I don't know who made this. If someone knows who made the signs, I'd like to know. Um, we do have some app chat messages. Um, let's see. Uh, B in Fairhaven says, uh, screw that. I will not give them any more of my money. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so <laughs> that's, that, that's fine. I mean, I, again, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, but, um, I understand. Yeah, I understand, especially during times like these where where things are a bit difficult. But I really do think this is a very reasonable proposal um, to to rein in, you know, the uh, to uh, sort of um, rein in, but uh, to, to 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 make the uh, really to, an effort to make the town safer. Right? We all have we all live here. Um, we all have homes and, and, and things that we want to protect, right? And so we, we uh, um, and, and one of those, the, the ways we're able to do that is a like more ro- robust uh, public safety services, um, including, you know, fire. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think it'd be better uh, to, I think it'd be better to have more firefighters and fewer firefighters. And I, some, you know, I've heard some, there's some posturing like, oh, well, we can just be more fiscally responsible and, and, um, we'll cut this and cut that and cut this and we'll, then we'll have some money somewhere, right? Uh, you know, when you're cutting the budget, you're cutting services. And so, um, I'd wonder if some enterprising individual who's, fervently against the prop two and a half override could look through the budget it's public could look through the town budget and find areas in which there can be significant enough cuts to in order to pay for firefighters at the staffing levels that they want to pay them or i mean uh, i mean bring uh, pay this that not pay this but bring the firefighters at, up to adequate staffing levels, right, to, to be able to pay them to bring them to adequate staffing levels. And that wouldn't cut, like, an essential government service, right? It wouldn't, you know, where can you find the pork in the budget? And I, I you know what? I think you'll be hard-pressed to do that. And I, I, I don't think that's something that's going to be very easy. You can say, hey, we'll have to do this. We can move some money around here. We can cut this. We can cut that. But at the end of the day, it's not that simple. I remember, um, I think it was last year, I went to the uh, Mayor Mitchell's budget proposal uh, in front of the city council. So every year, the mayor, he gets, esc- you know, gets escorted by two city councilors to the chambers to propose his annual budget to them. And I remember he had that big pie chart and there was like 
a little um, sliver, right? There was a few cut, you know, a few. It was it was divvied up, but there was a little sliver in there. And in that sliver is, he said, I remember he said, in this tiny little sliver, right? In this tiny little sliver is like all the libraries in town, right? And, and a few, I mean, all the libraries in the city and a couple other things. So we lost this sliver. You know, if we if we shut down every library in town, we'd only be we'd only be you know we'd only be saving this little sliver here, right? And then a few other things. It was a bunch of other things, but the basically the, what he said is the discretionary spending is so incredibly small that to really cut it, it's going to be budgetarily insignificant. It's not going to do anything, right? So you know, frankly, when you see cuts here, we're going to cut this, we're going to cut that, and we're going to save you money. That's all a big dog and pony show. It's all a big dog and pony show. You don't actually cut. You don't actually save any money. You're just cutting services that usually have to be reallocated later. It's all a big show. It doesn't really matter. So I think, like I said, to say, oh, we're just going to move money here and there and everywhere. We're going to do some magic with the, we're going to do some magic with the, with the, with the books and we're going to make the fire department fully staffed and it's going to be wonderful, right? And we're not going to, it's not going to cost you anything. Right, I think FDR warned people about that um, uh, uh, back in the um, when he was president, right in the thirties. And he said, uh, you know, he said, beware the people that tell you, oh, we like Social Security, we like these things, and we're going to give it to you more, and it's going to be the it, we're going to give it to you more, we're going to give it to you so much, and we're going to get it, it's going to be so, and it's going to be even better, and and best of all, it won't cost you a thing, right? Um, something like that. I butchered the quote. I butchered the quote, but the, the point of the matter, the fact of the matter is, um, things cost money. And so, in order to get things, we need to pay money for them. In order to get more firefighters, we need to pay them money. And, uh, in order to pay them money, we need more money. Um, in order to get more money, we need to raise the taxes. So, I think that's ultimately the equation, the one equation that matters. Um, do you want a fully staffed fire department or at least a manageable, uh, a manageably staffed fire department? Do you want a fully funded school department? If the answer to that is yes, I am hard pressed to find really any other options besides the override. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How you doing? Uh, we're doing all right. You know, uh, people don't want to pay any more taxes in uh, Massachusetts. I know you're trying to put in a plug in a lobby on the taxation side of it, but people are just taxed out. That's what it is. I think it's a song. People don't want to pay more taxes in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The Bee Gees, a spin on it. Well, you know the world's going to run dry, you know, with all the spending and the the the, the money's going to run dry, and uh, people are going to have to tighten their belts. You can't just go on and on. It's not infinity, you know. If you do the math, uh, sooner or later you're going to run out of money. You're going to yeah. have all the people out in the street going to be out of your home. You're going to have a lot of homelessness. The only people going to be in uh, in rents and in, in apartments are people on uh, government subsidies. Barry said today a staggering number, 63% of the migrants 
are on uh, some federal program in one uh, one form or another. Um, what is it? What's the number? Sixty-three. Sixty-three percent of migrants yeah. are on some form of federal federal assist uh, government yeah. assistance. Oh. I wonder how you got to that figure. And again, I, well, yeah, you can ask. You got a source. You quoted a source. Um, so, uh, I think it's easy to blame immigrants for all the problems um, that we have. Uh, I think that's like they're a soft not, target, but it, yeah, I but think it's I'm a little not, bit bigger than that. Marcus, I'm not blaming the migrants. I'm blaming the, the elected officials, the public servants that are not doing the will of the people. Therefore, they're, they're the reason why we got a national debt that's bloated. There, that's the reason why we have so many different government programs. The founding fathers didn't want our government to be the size of. The, could you imagine if they came back? Ben Franklin would probably have a heart attack. You never imagined that this government would be the size. It's ballooned into a a monster. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, ben. Well. I mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, the, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, a lot of that, the, the founding fathers actually created the Constitution to reorganize the government and to make the federal government a lot more powerful. Um, George Washington is still the only president to lead, uh, to lead, um, to, to actually lead a, um, a, a, a military um, uh, battle. Right, he's, he's the only he's the only president sitting president to lead a battle, and it was actually to enforce a tax. I, I think the founding fathers understood the importance and necessity of taxes as a way to to, to fund and have an operable government. I, you know, I don't. Right, but a small government in Alexander Hamilton, uh, if you read his the Federalist Papers, uh, actually George Washington, if you look at him as an individual, uh, he served on the House of Burgesses, so he had political experience. As far as legislation, uh, obviously this was during uh, the when uh, Virginia was an English colony, but he served as a member of the House of Burgesses, so he had that political. So he knew the politics. And uh, I mean, uh, politics. Alexander Hamilton, I think, is a bad example of someone who wanted a smaller government. I think he's. I think he was adamant about the United States having a king, actually. Um, well, at first he did, but he wanted a, uh, a strong central government. It's not to say it's a big, big government like we are today. But what I would suggest to you, Marcus, is I don't know how much you've read on ben, Benjamin Franklin, a self-made man. Uh, he would say today, from what I've read and, and my understanding, of, this is according to the biographies I've read, of, I've read of Benjamin Franklin, is that you have to make your... Your wealth, you have to do it by your own sweat and brow yeah. and through your own endeavors. Because think about it. He was the first one to start a franchise, to have franchisees here in the in the, the English colonies. And then, you know, obviously the United States were independent. Uh, he had different printing presses, but there were franchisees uh, to him, uh, to Franklin. That's why he was a very wealthy individual. It wasn't because of yeah. government handouts. Yeah, a little bit of different time, I think, uh, than, than than we're in now. But I do appreciate the call. I gotta I gotta have take a, this break. Thank you very much. You as well. Fourteen twenty WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. 
Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel-burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution. And communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat, and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Hey, welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, how's it going? Nice out today, huh? was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be better and better. Yeah, I saw the uh, weather report. It's good. Marcus, um, so what you're talking about, I just tuned in a little while ago um, about something with the fire department. Can you run that by me again? Yeah, the Fave and Fire Department's low on staffing. Um, the Fave and Fire Department's really low on staffing, essentially. So they're asking for a uh, proposition two and a half override, an override of of the uh, of the um, limit on um, tax increase in in, in Fairhaven uh, to fund uh, a more a better staff, basically to have a, a more people on their staff. Well, they don't go up on their taxes that much, so. Well, it's going to be. Um, the the they did a feasibility study. They said it'd be two bucks, uh, fewer than two dollars per week per household. So it seems like a fair it seems like a fair deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you a question about something else. Um, now I have a neighbor that uh, I've been here twenty years. She's been here like two. Mm-hmm. And it, this all kind of started over. You know, one of those exhaust pipes that come out of the house for a high efficiency heater. Yeah, if this is a legal question, I'm not going to be able to answer it. I can't. No, can't. it ain't legal. Okay. It's a, it's a, it, so anyway, the the pipes coming out right, and um, it was blowing some whatever. It says do not block uh, because it will um, do not block the pipe because it's gas. Yeah. The vent, the pipes. It's got a little sign there, right? So obviously, it must be poison coming out, right? I I so uh, if, so I, if I, you were to block it, uh, it would it would <laughs> they could possibly die probably right. I assume. Any, I, I don't. Anyway, she was blowing it on my my hedges that are green that were pretty and that have been here all these years. Okay, so and this house was is a hundred and twenty nine years old. Yeah. Okay, this is how long it's been here. So anyway, um, I asked her to move the pipe turn it the other way because i the hedge right in front of it was getting killed and i like plants and i like nature because it, it brings bees and i do flowers that's what i'm into 
more I like more the outside than the inside. So yeah. anyway, now she's got a camera. Is it le- is it legal though to put a camera in in the window filming me? Camera in the window? Yeah. So outside. She's, she's, yeah, she's got this little camera in the window. I just noticed it yesterday. That's it's like facing straight at. It's a common me. area. You don't have any expectation of privacy, do you? Excuse me? Well, I mean, in common areas, typically, you don't have an expectation of privacy. So in areas that you can be seen by the public. So if it's in, like, your front yard, then you don't have an expectation of privacy because people can see you from your front yard anyway. Um, and it's oh, fr- if it's from her window, then 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 I would I would assume she can just look out her window. So, again, I don't think there's an expectation. If it's somewhere somebody else can see you, there's there's no expectation of privacy. How would you like that, though, if your neighbor had the camera right on you? I would not be happy about it. For sure. Well, what can I do? I'm unsure. Again, I, I can't really give legal advice on the on the on the air. It's not something that who could is I advisable. call for that? Uh, I don't know. You you know what? Uh, call the Bristol County Bar Association. They have an uh, they they have a uh, they have an attorney referral service. They'll be able to they'll be able to handle that call for you. They'll they'll direct they'll put you in the right place to, for somebody that may be able to help you with that. I don't want that camera on me. Uh, you're gonna have to then you're gonna have to try to uh, seek. I would call the Bristol County Bar Association. But listen, Shawnee, and I appreciate you giving me a call. i got to take this break. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. Uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by New, uh, New Bedford Light reporter Will Stenot, uh talk about a story he has um, on the uh, findings uh, of the building code violations um, apparent in the rooming house after it... Um, after it uh, caught fire where some people died. And so it's an interesting story. I wanted to have Will back on. He was on last week. We were talking about his reporting on Eastern uh, Eastern fisheries and on Blue Harvest. And so I'm uh, looking forward to having Will back on again. And uh, if you want to give us a call, you can at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us and join in on the conversation this evening. And um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take your... Um, We'll take your messages on the uh, on the WBSM. Uh, we'll take your messages on the uh, WBSM app chat as well. So stay tuned. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program, um, and we will be back on the other end of the news hour. So enjoy the news, listen to the news, let it wash over you like a fine paste, and. Um, And I'll see you on the other side of the 9 o'clock hour.